So we've been traveling this Lenten season focusing on by His wounds we are healed. And we've learned a lot from those as we focus on the commandments. And tonight we focus on the commandment. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Consider the buzzard for a moment. I know it's an odd way to start a sermon. But consider the buzzard flying around overhead. And what does a buzzard see? What's he looking for? He's always out and about flying around overhead and perhaps looking for roadkill. Dead squirrel or here in Florida, most oftentimes an armadillo, right? And, the, the, you know, the landscape and the scenery can be nice and lush. The flowers can be in bloom and all that, but the buzzard doesn't see that, does he? Why? He's not focused on that. He's focused on something that's rotten. How often can human beings be like a buzzard? looking for something rotten in this world, looking for something rotten to say, to talk about in the name of truth, mind you. A person is often judged by his reputation. That's why the commandment not to bear false witness really is intended to protect the reputation of others and not, well, not simply to put, be a prohibition against lying, though it is that too. Needless to say, there is quite an abundance of evidence that demonstrates how much the Eighth Commandment gets broken on a daily basis in our very own lives. Some of what is said may actually be true, but truth can also be used deliberately to hurt people, to harm the reputations of others. Gossip, political slandering, just to name a few, rather than to seek to uphold somebody's reputation. People, all people, are creatures of God, to be loved and to be cherished. That's why there is always a danger in criticizing another human being if it's not done in a constructive and godly way. Especially in our politically diverse culture, all kinds of evil are spoken against others who don't always share our views. The mandate, really, of Monday Thursday is that we love one another. That we become servants of one another. And it's exemplified in Jesus' act of foot washing in the upper room. An act of tremendous humility as he washed all the disciples' feet, including that of Judas, his betrayer. Now to be sure, the reputation of Jesus is a bewilderment to many who sought to understand Jesus. His critics engaged in false accusations against him. Because they didn't understand him. Pilate doesn't understand who Jesus is, where he came from, who he represents, and even the meaning of Jesus' testimony to the truth. The truth of love. Even Peter, Jesus' closest disciple, objects to Jesus washing his feet because he doesn't see how this, this humble, servant-like posture presents what it means for Jesus to be Lord over all. But the greater issue is not about the reputation of Jesus, is it? Even when Jesus is crucified and dies on the cross, condemned as one who hangs on a tree, abandoned by God, the issue is not about Jesus' reputation. On the contrary, my friends, it's about our reputation. This is why Jesus suffers and dies for you and I. Jesus' reputation in the foot washing, as in all the aspects of his ministry, and also in his death upon the cross, is all about being a servant to all of us. 
a suffering servant, by whose wounds you and me are healed. He heals our wounded reputations, our damaged reputations. Who are we apart from Christ? Apart from Him, who we are is unbearable even for ourselves. Perhaps our, our narcissism, sense of entitlement prohibit us from seeing how damning our reputation truly is under the truth and microscope of criticism. How often do we do things that are contrary to our very Christian being and the words that we speak to our fellow human beings? Sometimes as we, I don't know, try to prop up our own standings in our peer groups, our workplaces, our communities, even school. Oftentimes we engage in these activities rather than in foot washing or other act activities of servitude. We're really, what we're doing then is we're just trying to hide our own shame. We're trying to bury our own iniquities by doing those things. And yet, we are the very ones who should be condemned and abandoned. But it's precisely because we are so judged that Jesus came to us to rescue us, to make us whole again. And so we come full circle on this Lenten reflection on the commandments. We come back to where it all started when we were baptized. St. Patrick's breastplate says, I bind unto myself today the strong name of the Trinity. Our reputation is seen differently in the eyes of God through Christ. Because of Christ, we're not regarded as outcasts and strangers, rebels against authority, adulterers, murderers, thieves, by our own words and deeds, or even our own covetous thoughts. Instead, because of Christ, we get to enjoy a new reputation. We are children of God. And the mark of our baptisms, the cross on our brows, that'll be our final assessment in the midst of all the trials and journeys through the valley of the shadow of death. Jesus, the suffering servant, loves us and calls us his sister and his brother. And the Father, well, he welcomes us. Such a reputation is too good to keep to ourselves. So we got to look to share it with as many people as we possibly can. We look to speak this truth of love to as many as we encounter in our lives. And let it reach as far as the ends of the earth and as high as the heavens above. Let it reach so far and so wide that when Pilate or anyone else comes asking about this truth, we can say, I thought you'd never ask. The truth is, we are God's children. And we continue this journey together on to the death and resurrection that makes us so. And to God be all the glory. Amen.